All right, I think we are, yeah, we are good. So uh, hello everybody. Um, yeah, welcome back. So today you've got Nina and I, uh, Mike is taking a much needed uh, break with his family. So we wish him well. And today uh, we're joined by actually in all transparency, a close friend of ours, uh, coworker, um, and a local black entrepreneur to the Denver community, uh, Joe Thurman. Welcome, Joe. Thanks, Hubes. Yeah, happy to be on. And um, unfortunately, under these circumstances, but or fortunately under these circumstances, thank you guys for doing everything you guys are doing. So glad to talk about it. Yeah, so today, um, as uh, some of our listeners may know, we're, we're doing a series called uh, Black Voices Matter. And we're doing these live shows where you have about two scheduled every day uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, and, you know, Yubi and I and Mike, we talked about this and we recognize that now is a time for us to be taking a step back and elevating the voices of people who have been marginalized for many years. And in this case, we're talking about black voices. Um, there's obviously a lot of stuff happening around the country. Um, and, you know, really this is a, a time where we need to be listening uh, more than speaking. And so, uh, yeah, Joe's, been, Joe's obviously a very close friend of ours. We work with him closely. Um, and yeah, we just kind of wanted to take a step back and uh, listen. And so, Joe, how are how are you doing in everything right now? Uh, yeah, that's a good question, an interesting question. I mean, you guys know me, so you know that generally I I'm I'm just someone who I just I just drive forward. That's that's how I kind of cope and move through. Um, but I will say that you know the this situation and, and the tone of everything that's happening and the uh, the um, challenges that are now in the forefront of of everyone's minds are are really um, forcing everyone to kind of deal with our realities and, and I think you know I always talk about the fact that you know yeah I, I'm, a, I'm a black entrepreneur on the enterprise side of things so I'm in you know corporate meetings and things like that on a regular basis and, and it's easy to kind of just want to focus on the good sometimes, which we have to do and, and we want to live there, but it doesn't change the fact. And, and right now we're, we're the, the more that I talk with my family or friends or team members, or, or even in situations like this, the more I'm realizing how much I have suppressed my feelings over my lifetime, you know, over a lifetime of trying to build a career and trying to just cope and just accept the norms for what they are. And, um, and it's just one of those situations where I don't think I really had any idea how much I just trudged along. And this is my life. This is what it is. It's not fair. It's not right on many levels. It's not fair to have to think that, you know, yes, I live in, in a predominantly white area of Colorado. Obviously we operate in a very predominantly white area. And, you know, I'm generally the only white person in the room, though I know a lot of other smart black people. Um, why aren't they here? Well, that's just the way it is. And, you know, that, that decades of that's just the way it is. I don't think that I, I don't think I know today. And I don't think that I will know for a while um, how much, on a daily and moment 
basis, I automatically just suppress the feelings because that's the only way that you can drive forward. Um, but I will say that to answer your question directly right now, I am more self-aware and understanding that that's what I do every, every day and that it is, is not healthy and it's not, and it's something that I really have to be courageous enough to talk about. What, um, you know, as a, as a, as a leader in the community, what, I don't know, what are, what are you hearing from people in the community? But, you know, all, all colors, all people, like, what are some of the things that, that you're hearing right now? You know, there's, there's a lot of good that I'm hearing right now. Um, there's a lot of good that I'm hearing that people want, people want to, want to do something they're realizing just like I'm really realizing from my own lens and my own perspective that something's I mean I'm not realizing it I've known something has to change but many people are saying we've known it and we're realizing that we have to force change to happen and we have to take action and I think that uh, I mean there's there's so many different groups and people you know coming together um in this instant right instance right now to to fight for equality for people of color uh, and I think that that's a, that's what I'm hearing a lot of. I'm also hearing a lot of people not knowing what to do. Right. And feeling like they're in this situation of, I don't know what to do. I don't want to say the wrong thing. And, and to that, I respond that the only thing that is wrong is to do nothing. Right. That's the only thing that is wrong. And you have to start from this place of, of love, um, and of, um, truly starting with your heart. Um, and I was talking to someone yesterday and I had said that, you know, if, if what comes from your heart proves to be wrong, then that's another level of self-reflection that you need to do because there's obviously something deeper that you need to focus on. But if you start from your heart, then generally what you're doing, people will understand that it's coming from a place of, of love and we need more empathy. We need people to empathize with the group that is fighting right now. Right. There's a lot of the, well, all lives matter, this life matters. And everyone understands that. And, and to me, the kickback, the reflex to a response that someone doesn't want to just state black lives matter is a lack of empathy. It's a lack of ability to empathize with someone else's perspective. And so I, I think people are open to the conversation. I think that people are willing to step forward. And I think that people just need to, um, on both sides, give people room to step forward from a genuine place. And again, it has to be heartfelt. And if your heart turns out to generate some negative things or some things that are bad, then that's deeper self-reflection and you need to be willing to do that. Now, Joe, you're, you're a leader in the community. I mean, you're on the board of directors of the Colorado Technology Association. Uh, you know, you, you founded a couple startups now and have, you know, led uh, you know, large teams of people into um, the trenches of the startup world. Um, I think a lot of founders and leaders of companies right now are, are probably struggling to figure out what to do. And, you know, I, I'll commend you. You sent a, a very thoughtful, deep, meaningful uh, message to all of your employees um, in the last week that you know recognize that the space for everyone to to feel what they needed to feel 
and just showed real leadership. And I just, I'm curious, what are your recommendations to other leaders out there, both startups and, you know, companies at large on what they, what they should be doing at this time? Uh, yeah, I mean, right now, you know, we, we always internally talk about, you know, key things that drive inclusion in a better world and, and those things being the willingness to be curious and have empathy and have ability to communicate and have conversations. And right now, the thing that's been standing out to me from a leadership perspective is courage. Um, we need courageous leaders. We need leaders who will step out because you are leading. We, we can't expect everyone to be courageous, right? And, and, and we can't expect everyone who is oppressed to be courageous. We can expect everyone to respond. And, and that's, that's good. And we're seeing response right now. But the change happens when people are willing to step out into that courageous space where you might, you might be alone in your company. You might be alone on your board uh, in, in standing up and saying that it's not okay that we are trying to go on business as usual. Um, you might be alienated from some of your employees if you step out and say, we are going to create the space because this is something that, that matters. We saw it during COVID, right? We saw in COVID that it, it literally impacted everyone. So then every organization had a had an approach, a tone, whether it was the right application of empathy or not, it was a it was a it was an attempt. That didn't take courage because that was an expectation. This takes courage because there are two sides. There was one side of COVID. We all were in the situation, whether it was political or not, sure you could say there are sides, but generally we were all on the same side of that. It hit everyone. Um, it hit our nation. This is we're all in the middle of this. It's hitting our nation, but some just want to choose to ignore it. Some want to choose to say that it's the way it should be. Some want to choose to say that, well, you know, uh, I, I don't, I don't believe that there's any difference or that oppression is a thing. Some want to choose to say any number of things. And so what we need now is courage leaders who understand that if you run organizations, some of your people their level of courageousness is just trying to survive. They go home every day. They have a family. They um, maybe make minimum wage and they have multiple jobs and they're just trying to keep their children of color or, or anyone safe and unafraid to go out into the world right now. That's their level of courage and courageousness. And we need real leaders who are going to be able to influence change at a big level to, to grow up hair in this situation and be courageous. That is what leaders have to be right now. Yeah, I mean, everything you just said. Um, you know, what, what, what's at stake? Like, what, what do you think is, at stake here if if this isn't taken seriously you know if you look back at um mass shootings for example or you know other instances of of murder and and wrongful death uh, of underrepresented groups of people and it, you know it it dies down right that the the 
anger behind it and the fury behind it dies down? Like, how do we avoid that? What, like, what's, what is at stake if we don't continue to have courage and, and fight for the change? Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, to me, the, the biggest thing that is at stake is that all of, all of this pent up, um, let's just call it everything on all sides, pent up racism, pent up frustration, pent up, uh, anger, pent up oppression, pick pent up whatever else that we're all seeing that is creating these days and days and days of all people willing to come out and voice their, um, their or stand for their opinion and their, their desire to challenge, uh, inequality. What's at stake is that this same level of emotion and same level of everything that I mentioned, racism, pent up, everything goes back behind the curtain. And we try to go back to some level of normalcy without, you know, we're consult, we, we, most of the three of us, I know all of our backgrounds, we've, we've consulted. And it's interesting when you go into a company and you show them these issues that they didn't know existed. And sometimes the leadership will get frustrated and say, well, we didn't need to know that. Like they think that, that, that ignorance is, <laughs> is justification for not addressing something. And so we can't even say that as a nation, we've been ignorant to this. But what we can say, like in those businesses, they wish they could just go on and they want to just close it back and let it keep going. But we always say these problems existed within your company before we ever brought them to light. They were just transforming other things and coming to life in other interactions that you weren't aware of and you'd never understood root cause. What's at stake is that we go back to normalcy on the surface and even more tension behind the curtain. And I would be... I would be afraid to live in that world. Very well said, Joe. I mean, I I 100% agree. I think that's you've painted a picture that's really scary, and I think it's it's very much a potential reality if we don't, you know, be courageous, like you said, and and start taking actions now. Um, it is definitely one of the things I worry about. Is that. Um, yeah, people get passionate when something happens, but are we going to go back to complacency afterwards? Um, so, you know, we have a attentive audience here. And I think one of the things that we want to make sure is that we give you the space to, to be heard. If you could say anything to the world, you have, you know, an active audience of, you know, I know our audience isn't very big right now, but, you know, if you could just have the world listen to you, you know, what would you want everyone to hear? Yeah, I, I would say don't let this situation um, tear, tear you individually apart and your family. This all starts with not oppressing the person that's right next to us. Right. We're a very diverse team. Um, I come from a very mixed race family. Like we're, we're like all over the map. And I will say that empathy, this is a test of indiv of the individual. Um, there is no cookie cutter way to feel. Um, I've always said that being oppressed doesn't make you understand it better. 
you're, you're just on the other side of that cloth. You're just on the other side of that picture. You're on the back side of the painting. So you don't, it doesn't make you understand it. You, you know, that it, it makes you understand the experience, but not, not the root cause or not the existence of it. And so I think there's this opinion that like, Hey, Hey, because you're black, you can tell me how to be better as a white person or because you're black, you know how to help solve this. No, I, I, I know how to articulate some of the issues and some of the things that I think are causing it, but it takes us all coming together and being able to create a new vision for anything to really change. And, and that starts with us testing our empathy to the core because we are all made up of different people within our families. And I see that, you know, some of the people that I talk to and some of the friends that I have, um, their families are struggling with this. And I reached out to just my family and I said, Hey, let's all just jump on. We, you know, during COVID we jumped on and did trivia nights and people were doing all this stuff. Right. I said, let's jump on just like trivia night. And let's just talk for an hour as a family on zoom. Cause it's not okay to assume that we all know how each other feel or how to cope or anything. Um, you know, my girlfriend is white and she's from Detroit. She grew up as the only white person there. I always talk about her perspective as how interesting it is, but she is looking at, you know, how much this boils her to the core that people can't see injustice. But then she's also on the flip side, people coming at her saying, well, you're white. So I don't know if you can talk about this. It's coming from her heart. Why can't she talk about this? This is a human issue and this is something. So as I say that it's, it's start with yourself and then start with your family and then start with your community. We always talk about that. If we can start there like everyone wants to jump out on social media. And right now, social media feels to me like a party where everyone is talking. <laughs> and that would be a horrible party to go to. Everyone's talking nonstop for an hour. And then everyone leaves. No one met anyone. No one knows what was said because everyone was just talking. And you guys are not doing that. You guys are saying, let's listen. And I think that's that's where we're at is like, listen to yourself. Be honest with yourself. Be self-reflective. Don't be afraid to go deep. and then. Don't be afraid to be courageous within your family. Don't be afraid to do that. And then don't be afraid to be courageous on your team. Don't be afraid to be courageous with your kids or at your PTA meeting, if they still have those or whatever community thing you're involved in. Start there and start with that place of empathy. And, and I think trying to understand someone's perspective, even when it's different than yours, not justifying that your perspective is that racism is okay. There are obviously the extremes, but trying to understand someone else's perspective when maybe they just haven't taken the time, they haven't done the work to get educated. And so you being angry at them or firing back at them doesn't educate them. So it's just this level of self-control, this level of um, empathy, listening, learning, and courage that starts at the smallest level. I just think that we can't let this rip families apart. If it rips families apart, our nation has no chance. If a family can't stay together over these things, how can a nation ever stay together over these things? I, uh, I, I think Nina would agree and definitely Mike Hess, wherever you are, our friend, uh, <laughs> You know that was a, an amazing mic drop, as as we refer to it. Um, yeah, it, it's man, I, I um, 
Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's like, it, it seems so overwhelming. And I, I appreciate that you said, you know, starting small, it just starts with each of us individually first, to your point. Uh, so, so step back from the overwhelmingness of it all, because that that's what I think scares people away to not do anything, right? To hide or, you know, mm-hmm. I've, seen, I've seen people who have run away from social media because it's just too negative for them right now. You know, I get that, but I say that with a little bit of sarcasm because I'm like, this isn't the time to shut it off. Like, I I don't Mm -hmm. think we get a choice, right? Like now to me, it's an either or situation. And, and I think everyone has to step up and say something in order for anything to change. Um, Yeah. So that, you know, I think that's a good way to look at it. I don't know. Maybe I'm a little extreme. Yeah. And I think, I mean, well, and I think the thing is we, I'll, I'll say I saw it even on uh, Blackout Tuesday, right? There were different opinions, regardless of what people supported, of how Blackout Tuesday rolled out. And I, I understand the some of the technical stuff that people were saying around like, hey, don't tag it the wrong way on all that, whatever. But the the difference in like philosophy that people tried to present on something that was intended, in my understanding, to just show a a stance of unity, awareness, bring awareness to something and try to, you know, show unity, even if people were doing it from a place of lack of education, or if people were doing it from whatever, right? If we can't look beyond some of that and say, well, they generally understood that it was in support of X, of the this right to stand for something and bringing awareness to this. Um, okay, let's look beyond it and look at that. But people wanted to argue about it. Right. And I think that's part of the danger right now. I would, I'm not a very active social media user and I would challenge people who are to find a different way. I don't know how I'm not saying how to do it, but the thing is when we're, when you say something from a place of your heart and of empathy, someone's still going to hate it, but that's not the person you're talking to. You're talking to the person who read it and didn't hate it and maybe didn't respond the person who viewed it and didn't have something to say, you know, they're saying their own thing or they're having their own conversation or is it they're starting the conversation with their family tonight at home and that kind of stuff, because there is that, that vocal group who just wants to be vocal. And I will say that that's not the group necessarily, not the protest. I'm saying that that is good, but the people who just want to fight, that's not where the, the sustainable change is you want to come from. So just know that as people kick back or don't go into a shell when you feel like you have to say it because one person stood up and said something that hurt your feelings because you stood up, that person's going to stand up there. They would have found a way to hurt your feelings regardless. But the rest of the people that are beyond that person, that's who you're talking to. That's where your message landed. And we just have to be okay with that. Um, Someone's going to hate any stance that any of us take on any side. They're just people who are wired that way, unfortunately. But there are also people where if we aim beyond that, aim over the horizon, someone's going to hear it. Those are uh, perfect parting words, Joe. So uh, thank you so much for joining us today. I think that everything you said is is resonating definitely with me and Yubi and without a doubt with a lot of our listeners. And I think that um, the perspective you provided to today hopefully will send a, a lot of hope to, to folks. And then, honestly, I really love the message about 
being courageous. I think we all we all need to like self-reflect and figure out how we can be courageous in our own way. So thank you again, Joe, for, for joining us today. Awesome. Well, thank you. Love you guys. Yeah. Love you too, man. Thank you so much. And, and for the audience, thank you for having the courage to, to tune in and, and listen, um, to look uh, at our schedule for upcoming Black Voices Matter episodes. Check out chooseinclusion.com. And yeah, thank you all very much. Talk to you soon. Take care, everyone.